Praise God. Now, last Wednesday evening, I spoke on the complete prayer. I handed out these little charts. If you did not get one, there's one or two left. I saw one over here, I think. There's one or two left that you could pick one up, and if you don't have one, we'll make you a copy. But we talked last Wednesday about how to pray, how we ought to pray. We enter with praise. You t how, how many of you took one of these charts home with you? How many of you? If you did, yeah. I hope you, I hope you take that and stick it in your Bible because it will help you. And uh, just praying with praise and forgiveness and confession and petition and intercession and reading the word of the Lord and, of course, meditation and thanksgiving, praying the word, singing the word of God, and uh, listening to the voice of God. And then we exit his presence with our praise. That's what I taught last Wednesday night. And I felt very strongly. I, I, I'm, I'm just about argued with God over this because I didn't want you to think that, that I just uh, didn't have anything else to say. But I, I feel such an urgency of prayer in this church because here's what I know. Every department, every program, every group, every service, everything we do in our youth service, in our children's ministry, in this adult ministry, we have to have prayer. Can you say amen? We have to have more than corporate prayer. We have to have more than prayer that just comes when you're in the church. We have to have personal prayer. And this will go along with what Brother Creekmore preached here on Sunday in a, in a mighty, mighty powerful way. But I want, I want to talk tonight about, about Christians ought to pray, always to pray. I, I, may, I may miss you, but I don't think I will. I, I was examining my own self today, and I thought, Lord, I'm really not qualified talk about this. I'm really not. I don't know that I've ever been qualified. I asked the question last week, and perhaps I should ask it again this evening. Is there anybody here that feels like you've just prayed too much? I don't, Donnelly, you scratched your head right when I said that. I was fixed to say, now, Don Leach, I know better than that. He liked it. He was fixing to really blow my mind here. But uh, the, the facts are, none of us have prayed too much. As a matter of fact, I think I would be on safe grounds to say that none of us have prayed enough. Amen. Because prayer is such a vital thing, and it's so important in our lives. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read several verses of Scripture. I read some of them last week. I'm going a little different direction tonight. But I'm going to talk about that why Christians, why we as the people of God ought always to pray. Luke chapter 18, I'll read there from the word of the Lord. The Bible said, and he spake, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought, there's the word, always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint saying, and he gave some parables, two of them, and I'll read them in your hearing very quickly, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither 
regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual, somebody here say continual. He said, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect? which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Then he went into another parable on prayer. It's very short, but let me read it to you. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, listen closely, he said, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said this, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So those two parables Jesus gave us concerning prayer. But if you notice in the very first part of that, of that reading in Luke chapter 18, he said men ought always to pray. The word ought here means necessary. It's not a suggestion as you might think it is, because there are too many scriptures in the Word of God that commands us to pray. There's too many things here that say we need to pray. We have to pray. It tells us when and how to pray. Now, now I'm, I'm dealing with a very busy generation. I, I'm just being very real with you. It's very easy to get up in the morning, grab your morning coffee, read the latest news or watch a segment on TV or listen to it on the radio on the way to work, grab a paper. Who reads a paper anymore? Go to the Internet. Do whatever you're going to do. It's very easy to jump up, and before you know it, you're thrust, in your day, thrust into your daily activities, and you're there, and you're working, and you're moving, and you're doing, and you're answering the phone, and you're going, and you're busy. And when you get off, you've got all kind of things to do, before you even get home, and when you get home, you're so tired that you, nobody cooks anymore, so you go to McDonald's and you get a Big Mac and an order of fries, and you fall into bed that night, and we've got all these things working for us, but we forgot the main thing, and that's to pray. 
So I'm going to talk about why we ought to pray. Often in the scripture, these scriptural directives, they're relative to the prayer life, not of one saint, every saint. Here's what they are. Listen, listen to this. Let me give you some of them. Directives in the scripture about prayer. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, he said, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. So Paul said to Timothy, I wish everybody would pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. How many of you believe Paul was a man of God? Okay? Forget me, I didn't say it. Paul said, I will every." I will therefore that men everywhere lift up holy hands. And, and they got to pray. Listen to what else he said or, or what James said in his writing. James in 5.16 said this, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment that ye may be healed. Because, James said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I quoted that scripture last week. But James 5.16 directs us. It's a directive in our spiritual walk. Confess your faults, pray for one another that you may be healed, and the effective and fervent prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 12. I'm just taking a moment here. Rejoicing in hope, he said, patient in tribulation. But this is what all he said, Romans 12 and 12. Continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. Not a suggestion. This is what Paul said the church had to do. Peter said, but at the in 1 Peter 4 and 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. This is why we ought to pray. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Very simple scripture. He said it this way. Everybody say it with me. Pray without ceasing. Just hang with me. I'm going to show you why we ought to pray. But I want to tell you the Bible directs us to prayer. It, it, it directs us to prayer more than anything else in our spiritual walk. Prayer. I, I'm probably going to use this Sunday morning, but my mom brought something to me. You know, she's, she's, uh, she's pretty wise. She's read the Bible through, I think she told me 37 times, so she knows a little bit about it. But she called me the other day, and she was talking. She said, after I taught last Wednesday night, and she said, Danny, I want to tell you something. The reason God came to Cornelius is two things. You go look it up. I'm going to preach a little bit about it Sunday. But because he prayed and he gave. Two things that God noticed in Cornelius. And so he showed up at Cornelius' house to give him what he was looking for. That ought to tell us something, huh? But here's prayer. Here we are. Ephesians, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in, in Ephesians 6 and 18. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, I know this is not aisle-running, pew-jumping stuff, but I'm going to tell you something. Brother Creekmore made a statement here. What he preached the first Sunday of the year, I preached knowing the time, 
and he preached back to the basics. I know that because we talked about that on that Sunday morning. He said, what are you preaching? I told him, he said, well, I'm preaching back to the basics. That was his text. Let me tell you, back to the basics is this. Nothing matters in this church if we don't all learn to pray. We're not going to hear from God. We're not going to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We're not going to have any miracles. There's not going to be a, a blessed, powerful touch of the Spirit when we walk into this place. Y'all be get ready because I may have some of you testifying. I told my wife this. I think I'm just going to have testimony service tonight because prayer has done some awesome things. He said, watching to all, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let me hurry. Continue in prayer. Colossians 4. He wrote to that church in Colossians 4 and 2. Continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. He said continue in prayer. Jude said this in his only chapter in his writing. But ye beloved, watch this, building up your most holy faith. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You want faith? Jude said, building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Luke said in 2136, watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch because you are going to be able to be accounted worthy. Watch therefore and pray always. One more. Matthew 9, Matthew said it this way, the Lord said it this way. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into the harvest. Pray. Everybody said we ought to pray. We ought to pray. In view of those scriptures, none of us could justify a life without prayer. I can't go without praying and be, and be right with God. Neither can you. Amen? I have to pray. Let me tell you what I found out. If I don't pray, this old ugly, real Danny Chance stands up. And I get mean. And I get carnal. And I say things I shouldn't say. And I feel feelings I shouldn't feel. Oh, don't look at me that way. It happens to you too. Yes, it does. Because if I don't pray... I don't keep my, my mind and my body and my spirit in subjection to the Lord. Now, here's, 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 some, thi here's some things I want you to, to understand. We are to persevere, persevere. That first parable was about perseverance, persevere in prayer. Importunity, remember that word and go study that. Importunity and perseverance in prayer is explicitly taught in the Word of God. That means you don't pray one time and leave it alone. The widow that came to the unjust judge hounded the tar out of him until he said, I, I don't fear God, neither regard man, but I got to get this woman off my back. Do you understand what the Lord was saying? The Lord wasn't the unjust judge because there's nobody more merciful in judgment than God. 
we are much more harsh than God is when it comes to judgment. Some of you might be shocked what God puts up with and who shows up when we get there. A pastor's wife sat on my couch that had been very hard through the years, her and her husband, and it's been a while back, made a statement. She said, you know, we might be really shocked who's in heaven because of the merciful God who is our judge. I'm glad I'm in his hands. I'm glad I'm in his hands. So here's what the, the story of that woman was told because the Lord wanted us to understand the power of, of perseverance, staying in prayer and asking God however many times it takes. Some matters... Now, you may not agree with me tonight, but I'm, I can prove what I'm talking about. Some matters must be brought to God again and again. And not because he doesn't hear and not because he doesn't care. But this is his plan. He may want to see how bad you want it. I've had prayers that I've prayed a long time. Some of them got answered pretty quick. Some of them hadn't got answered. Some of them got answered after a long time. Has anybody can testify to that? Sometimes it may have taken me go to God a bunch of times before God opened the windows of heaven and poured out the answer to that prayer. Let me tell you about Daniel. Daniel's prayer lasted 21 days. He didn't pray one time, quit. 21 days he prayed. Elijah prayed seven times in succession for rain before God gave it to him. He didn't get it the first time. Amen? You can't walk. This is not, this is not Burger King. Drive through, order it like you want it, and it's all said and done. You can't just have it your way. You got to keep coming to God. You got, somebody made a statement one time, well, if you ask God the second time, you don't have any faith. I don't believe that. I believe when you persevere in prayer. I believe when you keep knocking on the door. The Lord said, if that unjust judge would hear that woman, how much more shall God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with him. You know what he's saying? You keep praying, you keep asking, you keep believing, you keep holding on. If you got lost kids, don't pray for them and quit. Pray for them and pray for them and pray for them and pray in the morning and pray at night and pray on Sundays and pray every other day because God will hear and answer your prayer. I mean, come on, let's just be real. This judge... The Bible said he wasn't afraid of anybody. He didn't fear God or man. He was his own guy. He's a pretty tough judge. Nobody moved him. But this little woman, she found out where he lived. Hey, avenge me of my adversary. Go away. Hey, leave me alone. 10 o'clock at night. Judge, I need you to avenge me of mine adversary. 
Hey, it's 10 o'clock, midnight. I don't know how many days it went on, but here's what I know, that she kept knocking because the Bible said, he said, this widow troubleth me because she's troubling me. I can't sleep. I can't get any rest. This woman is driving me crazy. But you know what the Lord said? That's a great, great thing to put into your prayer life because when you keep knocking and when you keep asking, And when you keep believing, God is going to hear your prayer. Does anybody believe that with me tonight? Does that give you hope tonight? Does that give you faith tonight? How many of you have been praying about something for a long time, but you're going to just keep praying? I've been asking God for it. I'm just going to keep asking God. Sometimes I get guilty. I I feel almost like the song, and I never did like the song, but I feel like the song sometimes. It's me again, Lord. Well... I felt like the song many times, it's me again, Lord. I have a prayer that needs an answer. It's almost like God, that song saying God don't want you bothering him. Let me tell you something. He's a prayer answering God, and he hears you, and he knows where you are, and he understands the need of your life. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost on Wednesday night. If you just put a little perseverance in your life, Pray like Elijah prayed. Pray like Daniel prayed. You see, there's, there's many instances in the Scripture we are taught of, of, of importunity, our perseverance in prayer. Uh, there was a Syrophoenician woman in Mark 7, verse 24 through 30, who obtained healing for her daughter because she was persistent in prayer. I don't, I don't. I, you're not. A, I don't. I don't give crumbs to dogs. Call her a dog. She said, "Well, wait a minute. I'll take the crumbs off your table. Even the dogs get the crumbs off the table." She was so persistent. I'm not going away because I know you have the power to heal my daughter. Let me tell you, if you'll just stay with it, if you'll just keep believing, Cornelius found salvation because he prayed and he prayed and he prayed relentlessly. Simon Peter was delivered from prison because the church prayed and prayed and prayed and they prayed jailhouse doors open and bonds falling off and prisoners walking out because when you are persistent and persevering in prayer, God never Never turns his back. He just determines the time to answer. Hallelujah. So why, why, why do we need to pray? Why? Well, prayer's a necessity. Everybody say it's not an option. It's for every Bible-believing Christian in this house tonight. It's a privilege, but it's also a duty. Did you hear me? It's a privilege, but it's also a duty. So Perhaps if we would understand why it is necessary, i got to hurry, why it's necessary for us to pray, we would be more inclined to pray and to fulfill our responsibility as a child of God. So, so here's, here's there's a twofold, twofold spiritual concept of prayer. There's two things that it does. It's a blessing and it's also a necessity. Here's why. I'm going to give you several reasons why we must pray. You ought to write them down. I don't, I'm not. i going to hand you my notes tonight. i got about seven or eight pages. You don't want all that. 
But here's, here's why we need to pray. We need to pray to keep from fainting. Did you hear me? We need to pray. Fainting here is not that physical problem of temporary loss of consciousness. That's what we're talking about as a result of inadequate blood flow to your brain. That's, that's not the kind of fainting we're talking about right now. Fainting is a spiritual condition posing a constant danger to every saint unless we pray. In the, in the New Testament Greek word, which comes from our language, or we get it from the Greek language, our language, in the word, the word faint, there's three different definitions. I won't try to say the Greek words, but there's three different definitions in the Scripture. One of them means to be weak, to fail in heart, or to be weary. One of them means to relax. One of them means to toil, to tire, to sicken, or to be wearied. So laxity in prayer is one of the chief causes of spiritual breakdown and fainting in the child of God because we don't pray. We fail. We get weak. We get weary. We relax. We don't toil or we toil or, or, and we tire and we sicken. And, and these things all apply to the life of a Christian. For if a, when a Christian faints, it's because he hasn't been to God in prayer and it eventually will cause him to be lost. Let me read something to you. Weariness among both ministers and saints is so prevalent in our society. 5,000 preachers a month quit. That's not a statistic of yesterday. That's right now. 5,000 preachers a month quit because they're weary. Pressure is like never before experienced by God's people and brought to bear against us. It's pressure, and the devil knows what he's doing. It's temptations. It's trials. It's financial pressure. It's domestic strife. It's it's child-rearing problems and job difficulties and satanic oppression along with many things that are too many to mention. And, and, and they, they make one weary. You understand where I'm coming from. Everything I've named is prevalent right here in this building tonight. And it puts so much pressure on you. And as strange as it may sound, it will cause you to become weary. And the Bible said you got to pray and you can't be weary in well-doing. For in due season you will, you will faint or you, 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 you're going to pass out. Spiritually, you're going to leave us. Amen. So prayer is a rejuvenating force. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Can I be honest? If it wasn't for prayer, I wouldn't be here right now. Because when I can't do anything else, I fall on my face to God and say, Lord, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. I don't know how to handle this. I'm not wise enough to do this. I, 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 I need help. Prayer is my rejuvenating force, my revival in my life. It's, it's restful experience. You can engage in it too. How many of you have been weary and well-doing? But prayer rejuvenated you. There ain't nothing. Look, folks, let me just speak in our, in our tones, okay? There ain't nothing that will help us like a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. 
Nothing. I'm talking about personal. I'm not talking about Monday night prayer. I'm not talking about raising your hands on Sunday morning. I'm talking about finding a closet of prayer where you talk to God earnestly and you say, Lord, I need you. I need strength today. I need something in my spirit today. Prayer is a necessity if we are going to prevent fainting in spiritual terms. Here's the second thing. You've got to pray if you're going to overcome the devil. Amen. He attacks and he attacks our prayer life. He knows where to get us. He would love to make you too busy to pray. Well, amen. He'd love to make you too tired to pray. He'd love to make you think prayer is not necessary. Daniel is a prime example of how Satan hinders prayer, but perseverance in prayer and staying with it overcomes the hindrances of the devil. You can overcome Satan through your prayer, and nothing will overcome Satan like prayer. Amen? Our prayers not only bring personal victory in, over the devil, they can spare others from destruction through us if we learn how to pray. We got to overcome the devil with prayer. Somebody shout amen. You know what Jesus told Peter? He said, Peter, Satan hath desired you that he may sift you as wheat. Do you know the only reason Peter made it, in my opinion? Because the next line said, but I have prayed for you. Jesus prayed for Simon Peter that his faith would not fail. When he got tired. Oh, he come close. He come close to losing it all. He denied the Lord three times in just a short period. He almost lost it all. But because Jesus prayed for him and because he came to the realization, look what I've done. The Bible said, the Bible said he repented. Amen. And he wept bitterly with tears because of prayer. Here's another reason you pray, in order to see people saved. How many of you got lost loved ones tonight? You know they need the baptism of the Spirit. You know they need God desperately. Folks, and I don't say this carelessly, I really mean this. If you could look through this congregation, just this, just this small group here tonight, if you could look over this congregation and dig into everybody's family and everybody's issues and everybody's life, there's not one of us that don't have some issues somewhere down the way. It may be a cousin or a brother or a mother or a sister or a brother. We all, we all got people in our lives that, we, that need God. Amen? That need a touch of the Holy Ghost. In order for, for people to be saved, Jesus prayer request was pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. Pray, pray. He talked about intercessory prayer. I spent a little time last week talking about intercessory prayer because intercession was in our complete prayer. But, but great revivals are born out of prayer, out of people interceding and praying and praying collectively and individually for the lost and people that are in sin. This city needs the prayers of this church. This parish needs the prayers of this church. Your loved ones need the prayers of this church. And we as individuals need the prayers of this church and our personal lives. Somebody said amen. 
Here's another reason you learn to pray, in order to maintain a forgiving and a repentant spirit. Let me tell you something. One of the hardest things in the world to do is forgive. Does anybody believe that? Is anybody here human beside me? My daddy used to say this, and it's true. If a dog bites me once, he's a bad dog. If he bites me twice, I'm a fool. True. So sometimes I don't hang around the same people that bite me. But I got to forgive them. And I got to get over it. My mother reminded me of something that a preacher said many years ago, and I heard him say this. Here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is to treat that person as though they never done it. Just leaving a little thought with you here. Because in order for us to maintain a forgiving spirit, we got to pray. We got to pray this, this self into subjection to the spirit. When we pray and we forgive people, it opens the avenue for God to forgive us. And if we don't forgive people, God can't forgive us. Are you with me today? You, it doesn't matter how long. You could pray three hours here today, but if you can't forgive, God's not hearing you. God's not listening. He's saying, as soon as you go get your business intact, I'll deal with you. That's why he said when you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother have all against you, you might as well just leave your gift right there, dude. Go find your brother. Because you got to get that right before you can offer God your gift. Pretty quiet in here, isn't it? It's okay. In order to maintain, that's what we do in prayer. Look, there's some things... I've had to pray through over. I can't tell you how many times. There are some people that I've had to pray through over. And, and when I think I'm over it, sometimes I ain't over it. I'm just the one standing up here being honest, and the rest of y'all's laughing, but you know what? You got the same issues in your life because some people just get under your skin, and you have to pray through over. My daddy used to call them grace developers. There's some grace developers in your life. Amen. So, so prayer and only prayer can do this. Here's, here's what else prayer would do and why we have to pray. We have to pray in order to be spiritually minded. You can't just be spiritually minded and not pray. Your greatest battle is not him or her or them or us. It is your mind. Your greatest battle is between your ears. That's the greatest battle. That's why you have to struggle. You, you got to pray till you bring your mind. Prayer has to be the deciding factor between being carnal-minded and spiritually-minded. The Bible said carnal-minded produces death, but spiritually-minded produces life everlasting. And so, and it brings peace and light to your life. But here, ladies and gentlemen, is the crux of the matter. You can't be spiritual by just saying, I'm spiritual. You, 
Okay, you ready? You can't even be spiritual by just reading the Word of God. Because you see this book? Let me teach you something about this book. I'll quote this book. The letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. This book is not worth 15 cents without prayer. I'm just being honest. When you read this, you better put some prayer with that to understand what God is saying, to understand what the Spirit is saying to your mind and your heart and your life. So so what I'm telling you is if we're going to be spiritually minded, I want us to read the Word of God. You know I promoted that even at the beginning of this year and, and telling you how important it is to pray but let, or, or to read the Word of God. But before you do that and when you do that, you still have to pray. Carnality is the result of prayerlessness, but spirituality is the result of prayerfulness. Let me say that again. Tweet that out, baby. Carnality is the result of prayerlessness, but spirituality is the result of prayerfulness. You don't get it any other way. Don't tell me how spiritual you are if you don't pray. You ain't got no business laying hands on nobody if you don't pray. You ain't got no business counseling with nobody if you don't pray. Let me get out of here. Amen. Here's here's another thing. If you don't pray, you can't overcome your flesh. Flesh in the Scripture is not talking about skin and muscle and sinew, etc. Let me tell you what flesh is. It's not that which covers your bones. It, it, It isn't the visible part of our body. When the Bible talks about our flesh... In this context, the Bible is talking about the old man, the Adamic nature that is absolutely sinful when it comes into this world. Your flesh is your Adamic nature. And to overcome your Adamic nature, you have to be born all over again. And the only way you change the Adamic nature, David said this in Psalms 52, in sin, I was born and shapen in iniquity. In other words, I was a sinner when I got here, and I was shapen in iniquity. I'm a sinner by birth. I'm a sinner by nature. The only thing that will change that is the presence and the power of God and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And the order for us to be overcomers of the Adamic nature that desires and lusts and craves evil things in this world and is uncontrolled, let me tell you, the only thing that can overcome come it and control it is the power of the Spirit of God and you can't get the Spirit without praying. It's good stuff whether you believe it or not. Amen. To know what the flesh likes and will engage in, go read Galatians 5. Why don't you pull that up for me, Brother Tommy? Galatians 5, 19. Let me just show you this. To know what the flesh likes and what the flesh will engage in. Watch this. Now, the works of the flesh. Everybody say the works of the flesh. This is what your flesh, that Adamic nature, manifests. This is what it's all about. Here's what it does. It it loves adultery and fornication and uncleanliness and lasciviousness. Move on. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath. 
strife, seditions, heresy, one more, envies, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God because they are the works of the flesh. But when you start praying, all that stuff that's written in those three verses start getting out of your life and dispersing themselves away from you and you become a spiritual man or a spiritual woman and you don't have all of that in your life anymore because those are the things that will keep you from going to heaven. Okay, there it is. Here's what the Bible said or what the Bible teaches us. We pray that we may be able to face God. I read it to you in, in Luke a few minutes ago because we're all going to face God. Two achievements are accomplished through prayer. We escape the things coming up on this earth and we will be accounted worthy to stand before the Son of Man. Those two things are taught in the Scriptures. If you're going to be an overcomer and you're going to be able to stand before God a Christian, Christians have to pray every day. Let me tell you what the devil does. He works 24-7. Therefore, you can't be a Christian just on Sunday. Because he'll get you on Monday. And he'll get you on Tuesday. We don't have church every day. The only church you're going to have is an altar of prayer. So you have to pray. And if you don't pray, you're not going to be able to stand before God. God may not come Sunday at 1145 when we just got out of a Holy Ghost-filled service and you felt so good and you said, Lord, I love you and praise God. There's a mighty move of the Lord here. He may come Monday evening at 430 when you've been dealing with all the job and the workers and You already got messed up from Sunday. So prayer on a daily basis keeps us worthy to face God. Everybody is going to stand before God. You hear what I said? Everybody is going to stand before God. We're going to face him, and we're going to be accounted worthy of eternal life. The saints of God are going to face him in the judgment seat of Christ. I taught this a few weeks ago, a few months ago, the judgment seat of Christ to receive the reward of our works. The sinner is going to stand at the white throne judgment of God. But you hear this preacher, everybody is going to stand before God at some time. I want to be able to stand before him. I'm, I'm going to close with something tonight. I just, I just grabbed some things that I've had written down for a while, and I wrote some new stuff down. And This is what I know. Those are the reasons we pray, okay? Everybody say, Christians ought always to pray. Here's what I know. This is what I know. This is what I know that prayer will do. Abraham prayed, and God spared Lot. I could preach on any one of these. Moses prayed. And God spared Israel. I told you last week, you remember when Moses prayed and God said, I'm going to blot them out? And he said, well, God, if you're going to blot their name out, just blot mine out with them. He became the intercessor. Moses prayed and God spared Israel. 
Samson prayed, and God gave him enough strength to push the pillars of a temple down and kill more Philistines in his death than he had in all of his life. Amen. Hannah prayed, and God gave her a baby, and he was a prophet by the name of Samuel. Elijah prayed, and God sent fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice and the altar and the water around the altar to prove that he was God. Hezekiah prayed, and God gave him 15 years added to his life, all because of prayer. Daniel prayed, and God shut up the mouths of the lions. The Hebrew children prayed, and God quenched the fire of the fiery furnace. The lepers prayed, and Jesus healed them. Peter prayed, and God raised a girl from the dead. The church prayed, and God delivered Peter from prison. Paul and Silas prayed, and God sent an earthquake and delivered them from the jail. Elijah prayed that it would not rain, and God stopped the rain and shut up the heavens for three and a half years because Elijah prayed. David said, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord. And he heard me. So here's what I know. Prayer can change the mind of God. Prayer can change the heart of man. Prayer can change the circumstances you are in. Prayer can drive the demons out of your life. Prayer can save you. Prayer can heal you. Prayer can give you peace. Prayer can make you an overcomer. Prayer is the necessary ingredient in your life to walk out of this world saved before God. Come on, let's give God some praise here right now. I know what prayer can do. I know what prayer can do. When my back's against the wall, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm praying. When I don't know where else to go, Brother Hot, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm, I, I, I'm not going down here and say, oh, I need to buy this or buy that or get this answer or, or let me go see this doctor. I, before I do anything else, I'm praying because I know what prayer can do. If prayer did all the things, and that's not a drop in the bucket to what is in this scripture, but if prayer did all of that, why in the world can't I find me a closet and get in touch with God and open up the avenues of prayer and let the Lord speak to me and the Lord work for me, somebody hear me tonight. Prayer is a necessary ingredient and every child of God ought to pray. Amen. There ought to be a time of prayer in your life. I'm quitting. I won't be back next Wednesday night to preach on prayer, I promise. Because I ain't going to be here. I'm just picking. I won't be back, I won't be back to preach on prayer for sure. But listen to me. How many of you in this room have had a prayer answered in your life? Think about it. I want you to look around. Just hold your hands up. You remember specific prayers. How many of you can think right now of some specific thing God did that was miraculous in your life? I mean, I mean things that just, boom, it, it had to be prayer. Amen. I've told this many times. I'm going to tell again before I close. I'd open up testimony service, but I did that one time and I got in real, real trouble. <laughs> I remember a time in my life and nobody knew, really, but I just, I just needed an answer. I just needed, I needed God to, 
to just do some things for me. I just wasn't here. It's where I pastored Sandy Lake 14 years. I was back there praying in the old prayer room. Kitchen was there at the end of that prayer room. We used it for fellowship hall, and kitchen was there, but it was our prayer room. I was by myself. It was during the day, and and I was just distraught. You call me a crybaby. Call me what you want to do. I don't care. But I was just crying and praying, asking God. I said, God, do you even know where I'm at? Do, do, am I really called to preach? Do you understand what I'm up against? Lord, I need a sign. I need, what I really need, Lord, is for somebody to call me and just tell me, this is God's truth if I've ever told it. I don't remember all the words I said to the Lord, but I was pretty despondent. And suddenly, that old black phone, rotary phone, sitting on that cabinet, rang. And a guy in another city called me by my first name. We were friends. I don't talk to him often. He said, Danny. I said, what? Hey, man. How you doing? I said, well, I guess I'm okay. Lord told me to call you. Oh, you don't believe that. Yes, he did. He said, the Lord just told me to call you. Something's going on. And I couldn't do anything but cry. Because you know what? The Lord, he didn't wait six months. He knew I was desperate. And he knew I needed an answer. And it gave me faith. And it gave me the power to take another step. God answered my prayer. Oh, I could tell you over and over and over of instance in my life. And some of them I have told you from time to time preaching. But, but there was a time in my life when I needed a certain amount of money and I needed it the next day and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I said, Lord, I need, and it was $250. It wasn't much money then, but I didn't have it. And I needed, I needed it. I, I was about to have a, you know, I, I've never wrote a hot check in my life. I pay my bills on time. God's helped me to do that. But I was in a mess. I needed $250. This, my wife will tell you this is true. I prayed. I got up the next morning. I went out to the mailbox. And it was a check for $249. Yeah. I raked up the other dollar. Don't worry about it. But God answers prayer. He takes care of us. My mother's watching tonight, and she's here. I'd have her stand and tell you the story when she didn't have any money, but she went to a grocery store, and, and they was having a little drawing. And she, she took her last money and bought whatever she could buy. And uh, when we were, I don't even know if I was born. I know Mike was born. But she went to a little grocery store in, in, in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they had a drawing every week. And she told the lady, she said, I'm going to win that drawing this week. I mean, it was like $25 of groceries. But you know what $25 of groceries buy back then? Lord, have mercy. Today, you could carry it with your little finger. But she walked in and said, I'm going to win that. She prayed about it. You know what? She won it. You say, that's a coincidence. No, no, no. 
That's the God we serve because he's a prayer-answering God. He's never early. He's always on time. He's never late. When you think he's late, he's never late. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm, I'm through. It's 8 o'clock, but you better hear me right now. If you don't learn how to do anything else in your lifetime, you need to learn to pray. Practice while you're going down the road. Get all your family out of the house, and when they're all gone, walk through your house. Take you a bottle of, get you some Crisco if you got to. You start anointing chairs and doors and windows and beds and dressers. You start anointing and praising God and asking God to answer. You do what, let me tell you, it'll affect your life. It'll change your life. Hallelujah. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, try it for yourself. When you're driving down the road tomorrow and nobody's in the car. Why don't you do this? Why don't you try praying? You don't have to close your eyes. Just pray. Just say, God, I, if you hear me today, I need to know it. I need an answer, Lord. I need for you to do this in my life. I need to overcome this. I need for you to get this out of my life. I'm telling you, the hand of God will reach down and the Holy Ghost will start moving because God answers prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There it is. I hope you take it, and I hope you take it to heart. Look. Somebody told me not long ago, said, we have prayer meeting in our church. I was curious. I said, uh, how long y'all pray? Oh, we pray about 20 minutes, and... Uh, I said, well, that's, that's good. I mean, I think they said 30 minutes, and then they said, well, we pray about 20 minutes, then we gather up. And you know what? My, my, I'm not criticizing that. Here's my purpose in saying what I'm saying. It's not how long you pray. It's how effective you pray. It, it, it's, 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 it's getting your mind there and praying. Look, I've had some of the greatest times with the Lord when I'm by myself in just a 15-minute period. And, we, you know, I've always heard people say, you got to pray an hour a day. I tell you, old Brother Mangan, he, you better be glad he's not your pastor. He tell you, if you don't pray an hour a day, you lost. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, go check me out. I'm telling you, Ed, you went to that church. I'm telling the truth. Well, you know what? He, he might be right. Hope he's not because there ain't many folks need more praise than our day. But here's what I do know. He gave his life to prayer. And his wife stood in this pulpit a few weeks ago and talked about prayer. Some of the prayingest people I've ever met in my life, they didn't get where they are just by being good people and having great personalities. They got there because God answers prayer. I'm believing God for great things in this church, but I'm believing that God would baptize me, and I'm asking to do it. Let it start in me. I want to learn to pray like I've never prayed before, and I want to get closer to God than I've ever got. You say, that's just a cliche. No, it's not. I'm telling you the God honest truth tonight. I want this church to learn to pray like we've never learned to pray. And when we do that, we're going to have the greatest revival that you could ever imagine, ever, ever. God is going to just open up the heavens and pour the Spirit down upon this church. Hallelujah.